Welcome to Yigris Moshe A to Z. I'm Rabbi Dov Linzer, and this week we're going to look at Qvot on D denominations. Today we're going to look at a number of Qvot that have to deal with reforming conservative institutions. Can somebody be a teacher at a conservative school? And can one rent space in a conservative synagogue for prayer services or for doing a wedding? So let's start with being a teacher in a reformer conservative school. As we know, Rav Moshe showed no sympathy for Orthodox rabbis who took a position as a synagogue rabbi in a conservative temple. He assigned them the same category of kofar and apikaris, explicitly saying it did not make any difference why they took that position whether because they believed in conservative ideology or whether they were doing it just for the sake of a job. But when it comes to teaching in such a school, that could be a very different matter because a person isn't directly identifying with the movement and seeing, put it, positioning oneself as a leader of the movement, as you do when you're a synagogue rabbi. And also, you're in a position to teach the children, and you might be able to teach them Torah that is truer to the Orthodox uh, tradition than they would be getting if they had a different teacher. So maybe that's something that's not only acceptable, but maybe even to be encouraged. And Rav Moshe here walks a middle line. He says that, yes, there could be good that comes out of that, but there are still problems about perhaps giving, uh, condoning, or rec- recognizing the validity of such a school, what messages people will learn from it, people in the Orthodox community. And as a result, Rav Moshe says it is acceptable to do if one needs to do it for the sake of a job, but it is not something that should be overly encouraged. So we're going to start with the tshuva in Yoridea 1, Kuf Lamitet 139. It's not dated, but this volume was published in 1960, so it's no later than 1960. And he says the following. A job to teach in a conservative institution. Notice again, you have a position by the heretics. You actually are not even just a teacher. You actually are maybe the principal of their uh, day school or of their Sunday school. But you're getting pushback from the Orthodox schools, and they're saying that you are doing incorrectly. You should not be taking such a, a position. So if Moshe says the following, He says, even when what you're doing is totally kosher, you're teaching to them Torah that is true to the Torah you believe in, the davenings that you're leading are halachic davenings, he says, and it is not in the conservative temple, it's in some some neutral space, let's say. So he says, then it's appropriate, because we have a responsibility to all Jewish children. And maybe this will make them associate with a, a life of Torah and mitzvot. Even though that's true, he says, but nevertheless, you want to get a part-time job teaching in the conservative school and a part-time job teaching in an Orthodox yeshiva. The administrators of the Orthodox yeshiva, it would not be, they are proper to say, correct to say, that it is not ideal for them to hire you. Better they should hire somebody who doesn't teach in such a position. Why? If what you're doing is actually acceptable. Here, 
here again, the rabbi, who rabbi, gam sham, because they are right to be concerned about what message it will send to their kids. You're a rabbi and you teach in the conservative school and you're their rabbi in the orthodox school and that could be a very confusing message for impressionable young children. So what you're doing is acceptable, but they're also right to say that they would actually rather not have you as their teacher in their orthodox school because of the, of the confusing messaging. But then Rav Moshe says, but that's assuming that what you're doing is 100% kosher there. But you're telling me that they're actually doing the davening, an abbreviated davening. So actually what you're doing is counterproductive. You're not training them in the life of mitzvot. You're actually training them in wrong davening. He actually calls it, you're training them in violations. All of the brachos are necessary to do the mitzvah. And if you're in the same building as the synagogue, then obviously it's forbidden. Because even though he says it is true, even in that type of a role, you might be able to influence some children. But he says, There is a greater concern in the opposite. And this reflects Rav Moshe's attitude. You know, the world of heresy of these other denominations is seductive, and therefore, if you actually have to compromise some of your own principles, or you have to be in the building that represents uh, these these principles that you do not believe in, then the um, cost outweighs the benefit. Now, what is quite fascinating is some people nowadays might say, you know, it wouldn't be a bad idea when we're teaching our kids and they're young to actually teach them a shorter davening, right? Do we actually have to start with the foolish monastery? Nobody anyway starts with the foolish monastery. Kids aren't always ready for it. I question whether Rav Moshe thinks that as a point of chinuch, you always have to start with the full-blown thing. I think, though, what he's concerned about is that in this context, it might not just be a stepping stone. It might be teaching as if this were the Shemona Esrei. Even there, some could say, isn't it better that these kids have a love and a connection to Torah and Yadus um, in a more strong way rather than in a weaker way, even if it's not necessarily the full orthodox version? But again, this has to do with Rav Moshe sort of being more concerned about the costs, the messaging, and making those barriers very clear. So he was able to be okay with it, but still feel it wasn't ideal, or we have to be concerned about such a person teaching in a orthodox school, but he was able to be okay with the person's decision to teach in a school if he could be true to Orthodox Torah, Orthodox Tefillah, and so on. We're going to look very briefly at two almost identical two vote to this and to one another. In Yerdea 2, uh, numbers 106 and 107, the first one is not dated. The second one is dated 1963, and it was similar about hiring people who teach in a conservative school, Orthodox rabbis who teach in a conservative school. He repeats his general position, and then he says the following in 106. <laughs> So this is really a little off topic, but it's very relevant because here was the problem. Why do people have to look for two jobs? They had to look for two jobs because if you're teaching Torah in an Orthodox school, then that's not a full-time job because they learn Torah in the morning and the afternoon secular study. You need another job. So that's why they would go to a conservative school to teach there. But Rav Moshe says, that's not ideal. So he says, but the idea you have 
is actually a great idea. The idea would be that you have separate girls' and boys' schools, and the Torah teachers teach Torah to the boys in the morning and to the girls in the afternoon. So they have a full-time job. It solved the problem. And there are actually a lot of schools that operate this way. But then Rav Moshe says, oh, but wait a minute. Don't we have to be concerned that the girls will get the message that the secular studies is primary because it's in the morning and the Torah studies is secondary because it's in the afternoon? So Rav Moshe says, you don't have to worry about that so much. Why? Because anyway, the girls are exempt from Talmud Torah. So if they don't think it's as obligatory, it's really not as obligatory for them to be learning Torah anyway. And the primary thing is, is that they should be learning the halacha that's relevant to them. And you don't have to be so concerned that they might get a wrong message that secular studies are more important. So that's actually a little more fascinating about Rav Moshe's attitude towards Talmud Torah for girls as opposed to boys, which is something I'm sure we will deal with in a later context. But the reason this is relevant for us is it just shows why people were looking for two jobs because of the structure of teaching Torah in the yeshivot in the morning. And Rav Moshe again saying, I understand that the heads of the yeshiva would rather not hire somebody who teaches in a conservative school in the afternoon. In Tshuva 107, Rav Moshe repeats his point that there's a trade-off here of the benefit of educating these kids who could get a real Torah education if you teach them. And at the other hand, not only the concern about the messaging if you were to then also teach in an Orthodox school, but about the risk you expose yourself to by putting yourself in such an environment. And Rav Moshe says, he says, I can be okay with making this choice because you need it for making a living. But I am not okay with making this choice because you're doing it because you want to educate these conservative kids. Because if that's the only thing motivating you, then the cost of the risk you put yourself, the religious risk you put yourself to, is not worth it. That doesn't make any sense to say that that's like a lichatchila. What counterbalances the benefit of teaching such kids? You have to worry about yourself. That you should not be drawn after their whole belief system. This is just connecting you to their whole world. And he says the rabbis were very concerned about the seductions of heresy and so on. And even he says, There's at least some concern for this. If you're a strong and moon and a strong face, they'll see you're doing it as a lichatchila, and they'll say, oh, if such a from guy could as a l'shem shamayim teach in a conservative school, I can too. And they, their emunah is not as strong as yours, and they actually might go off the derech because they're teaching in their in such a school. And therefore, he says, I can be okay with it if you need to, to make a living. I can be sympathetic, but if it's a lichatchila, it's not a lichatchila. And we have to be concerned about the larger impact, whether the impact is on kids, whether the impact is on the next teacher who's going to come after you, who won't be as strong as you. Those are serious concerns. And then Rav Moshe ends, and he says the following, If you really want to do it L'Shem Shemaim, and you're so concerned about the kids who aren't getting a good education, Believe me, there is plenty of work to find and good work where your teaching can be of tremendous help in an Orthodox synagogue. And if you have an exciting learning going on in this kosher Beit Knesset, in the Orthodox synagogue, then you will get those kids who are now going to the conservative 
uh, school, if you make an exciting Orthodox school, they'll come to you, which I think is something Chabad has found to be the case. So Rav Moshe says, if it's really L'Shem Shemaim, there's better ways to direct your energies. Again, there are some who would obviously disagree with these sort of policy positions, but what's interesting is, is that here you see more of a balancing that he is doing than when he is talking about serving as a rabbi of a reformed synagogue or having giving honors, when he does understand that there are the children who need to be educated and that there is people also need to make a living. We're now going to look at Tutu Vote, where he deals with a conservative synagogue and using space in a conservative synagogue. So the first one is from Orchayim 325, and it's dated 1964. And the question is, you have a conservative synagogue that has space. An Orthodox synagogue has been meeting in somebody's house. Can you rent space now in the conservative synagogue for your Orthodox minion? And first, Rev. Moshe says that you're not allowed because of Maris Ayin. People will see Orthodox Jews going to the conservative synagogue, and they're going to think they're praying in a conservative synagogue, and that is looks wrong, and uh, people will have the wrong impression. It's acceptable to pray there. But then he goes on and says, but what if... Uh, there are so many Orthodox Jews that want to do it, and the context is so clear that everybody will understand that they're going to pray in a conservative synagogue because they're renting space and they're praying as an Orthodox minion. So there should not be a Marasayan concern. What's the story then? So for this, Rav Moshe says the following. Even if a lot of observant Jews will go there and the context will be clear. So he says, and it's not forbidden because of Marasayan. He says, okay, people will say Orthodox Jews are going to this synagogue to do their service. Conservative Jews are doing their service. But a lot of people don't really appreciate the difference between conservative and Orthodox. And what will they say? And they'll say, Okay, so they're in the same building. It means it's uh, like, like Sfart and Ashkenaz. It's two variations, but they're both equally acceptable. So you won't give the wrong impression to Orthodox Jews, but you'll give the wrong impression to people that don't know any better, and that will, again, lend some legitimacy to the option of the conservative prayer and the conservative movement. And therefore he says, it's like, Nusach Ashkenaz Farad. And she ain't fatal as a basic necessary connais. And no, whatever does it make? I usually go to the Orthodox. Today I'll drop into the conservative. And that is really where the problem is. And now what will be the problem if they drop into the conservative? You'll drop into the conservative prayers and you'll hear the rabbi's sermon. And what's going to happen if you hear the rabbi's sermon? Because, and that'll be heresy most of the time. And then you'll want to hear more. If you, because if you're right next door, you're walking by. It looks like it's an interesting sermon. You're going to enter in. And therefore, there is way too much threat here of what will happen if you are share the same building, even if there's no Maris Ayat. So once again, his concern for or where this might lead people astray. In the last tshuva we're going to look at, Evna Ezer 2.17, Rav Moshe in this tshuva deals with the question about renting space from a conservative temple for doing a wedding, which is something that happens even till today because that might be the better space in the town for the wedding. Um, is this acceptable or not? So he says, conservative temple, 
He says, if the conservative rabbi is the Masada Kiddushin, you shouldn't attend such a ceremony. We already know what he feels about the validity of such a ceremony. But if an Orthodox rabbi is doing the Kiddushin and you're just renting space, so the concerns that he has elsewhere, renting space in a conservative temple, people will think you're going to pray as the conservative prayers. People won't appreciate the difference between Orthodox and conservative davening, he says, none of that is relevant here. These are not during the times of prayers. People understand that you're going there for a wedding and that you're basically renting the space. So he says, Leki Isra Medina, there's no real technical problem. Nobody will misinterpret it that you're going to pray there. Aval, nevertheless, he says, Ladam Chashuv, Ainlo Lelech Lisham, Afbofinze, Rakushu, Tsarach Gadov, Rakderch Mikrashinis Damein Kane. For an important person who like sets an example of the community, you should try to avoid this unless there really is a necessity. It's an ad hoc type of a thing. Again, presumably concerned about what type of maybe even slight sense of legitimacy that might uh, lend to the place, but he does say that as a matter of strict halacha, even these types of concerns that he's normally concerned with, it would not apply in this context. And then he goes on to speak about the issue about conservative rabbis and their kiddushin, a topic that we've seen before. So in these two vote, we see that when it comes not to their brachot or giving them honors, not to the validity of their ceremonies, of their conversions or their weddings, but it comes to their institutions, the synagogues, the schools. Rev. Moshe has a softer, more nuanced position for the schools. He understands that you might need to do that for uh, making a living, and there's a lot of benefit that could come, although there are some possible risks to you. There are some possible ways it might be misinterpreted. Renting space for services, he's also concerned about perceptions, but renting space for uh, for purpose of a wedding, he feels that that actually would be acceptable, and that remains the practice even till today. Thanks for listening to Igris Moshe A to Z with Rabbi Dov Linzer. This podcast is brought to you three times a week by Shivat Chovevei Torah. Don't forget to subscribe and check out yctorah.org to learn more.